of the biggest eye-openers for us was we had a builder at the time we were working for. He was the majority of our business. Couldn't pay us. Wow. And we're not talking a couple of hundred thousand, we're talking a lot of hundred thousand. Last year alone, 300 grand we were taken by different builders, promising you things and just not delivering. You know, there's been some really big highs, but there's been some really big lows. There's been a lot of sleepless nights. What gets you out of it is never losing sight of the end game. I try not to forget what I've learned, and then we implement that. We're definitely a lot wiser. Welcome to Getting to the Heart of Business, brought to you by The Online Co., where we believe the best way to help small and medium businesses grow is by putting people first. I'm James Parnwell, and the two guys you just heard are Alex Nelson and Evan Graham. They're business partners, and along with their life partners, Natalie and Amy, they lead the Limcora Group. It's a large and successful plumbing firm working on everything from major housing estates to high-rise developments. In a decade, Limcor has grown from a little family company of just six to more than 60 staff, and today you'll hear how they got there. Jess Caluso is my co-host. G'day, Jess. Hey, James. Tell me, you used to play sport at a reasonably high level. I did, yeah. How did that teamwork dynamic work? Oh, it's interesting. I played a defender. I played field hockey and I played a defender and there's always sort of a little bit of a funny thing between defenders and attackers. Right. You know, without the attackers, we don't win games, but without the defenders, we don't win games. So you're heavily reliant on each other. You are. Yeah, you we are. won't talk about midfielders. No, we leave them out. Yeah. So what we've got with the guys at Limcora is four people who are great friends who work together hard and they cover each other's strengths and weaknesses. They've got all four corners of the globe covered. They've managed to stay in business this way, done some major growth, handled some challenges, but they also go on holidays together. They work really well together as a team and we really couldn't separate them for today's interview. Uh, as you're going to hear, they have a lot of wisdom to share. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us, James. Thanks, James. Evan, it was your dad started the business 30 years ago. Yep. So you grew up in a plumber's house. Yep. Tell me what it was like as a little kid. It was exciting for me because dad would go to work, he's digging in dirt. It was like a boy's world. Yeah. So using excavators and shovels and all the cool stuff that I, you know, kids like to see. Did you imagine yourself following down his path? Uh, yeah, I always I used to go to work with Dad from a young boy at school holidays and earn pocket money and all that sort of stuff. And always it was something that I always looked towards. I always used to go in and listen to his phone calls, and you know, because at that at that time uh, there was no mobile phones. He'd make all his phone calls at night, and he'd be in the office, you know, from anywhere from sort of six o'clock after dinner to to 8.30 at night, booking all his jobs in for the next day. So I'd often be in there listening to his conversations and a few arguments and yeah, <laughs> you know, okay. a few, few dramas going on. But it sort of puts it in the context now with how lucky we are being able to you know, grab information so quickly and keep in contact with our clients because the issues that he had back then, he couldn't solve until he got home. Yeah. And have a backlog of messages and I could just see how hard he worked from not only being on the tools, but you know, the three or four hours at night, every night, trying to set himself up for the next day. So did you see yourself as a plumber or as a businessman? More of a businessman. I knew I, knew I had to do the hard stuff to get to the good stuff. I look at any business as being the same sort of concept. So whether it was plumbing or doing accounting or any sort of yeah. any sort of business, um, they they all flow the same and can all make money. So yeah, cool. So at the age of twenty one, you had a big opportunity come along. Yeah, sure did. Mum and Dad had an opportunity to move up the coast. My grandfather was, was pretty crook. They had a property stretching over 150 metres of the Clarence River and they offered Mum and Dad to uh, 
to take on that property and move up there. Uh, the business was offered to to my uncle and he didn't want to take on the, you know, the stresses. And so I put my hand up, said, dad, mum, uncle Bones, I'll take it on. <laughs> and they sort of stood back a little bit, went, you sure? Said, yeah, I'm coming out of my time. They went, okay, if you're ready for it, go for it. So, so how, how big was the business at this point? I think at that point we only had about six staff. Okay. Uh, working from mum and dad's garage at home, uh, well, their shed, they had a big shed up the back six staff and including myself so I was one of the apprentices just finishing my time actually so I was just turned just tradesman yeah okay so were you so one of these young bulletproof world's pre- most dark pretty much mate yep jump straight into a three meter deep pool and <laughs> learn how to swim pretty quick <laughs> and what challenges came along I, well, I imagine because you you think it's going to be easy or you think it's going to be all roses and then well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I always had a, always had big vision and big aspirations for myself. Competitiveness was obviously a big driver. But I suppose one of the first challenges for me was being one of the youngest people that worked for the company. Right, exactly. So 21-year-old and nearly everybody that worked for us was older than the other than another first year or second year or whatever at the time. So to gain that sort of leadership role straight away was probably the biggest challenge straight up. So what did the older guys think? Did they stay? Yeah, 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 and they're, and there's still one of them working for us today. Yeah, fantastic. After all this time, yeah. So, Amy, you were Evan's girlfriend at the time. Uh, what was that like from your perspective? At the time, I just remember thinking, "Wow, like this is big," um, but I never thought that Evan wouldn't succeed because I could just see his passion from the start and his business sense was um, always there. So it was a little bit like, "Wow, this is pretty <clears> big," but. Um, yeah, I always believed that he could make it something. I wasn't involved in the business at that point, but I just remember seeing the growth. Um, I remember Evan's ute at the time just had plans everywhere, and I just remember it used to just get fuller and fuller, and it, it just exploded at one point. It happened quite quickly, so it was kind of just like it arrived. Yeah. So, Evan, you, you've made a decision fairly early on to diversify. Mm-hmm. What made you make that decision? Well, we were for one major builder, so diversification had to come. Yeah. And like Amy said, with the growth, the next big challenge is trying to control it. Okay. Um, so, you know, you can subcontract work out and all that sort of stuff, but yeah, it's just trying to manage the serviceability, the, you know, the relationships, you know, hitting targets. Our game is all about deadline. You've got to be finished. People are moving in, you know, and you're playing with people's livelihoods. So I suppose in that regard, diversifying with growth, more people, different builders, it just comes naturally and something that you have to do. When I partnered up with Alex, we brought on solar business, uh, more maintenance. So we started the Lincora group of companies. So we had a maintenance division, a solar division, and then our plumbing construction division. So yeah, that's where the government rebates and solar hot water, solar power, all that sort of stuff. We, We saw it as a good arm to our business to take advantage of that. Not that we went right into it because to be diverse was obviously the key to what's got us here today, you know, and, and then look at what happened after that, I suppose, when the rebates run out, you know, businesses that went holeless, bolus into one thing start falling over. So, so. so you essentially spread your risk. We did, yeah. Growing's the goal of most businesses, but it presents all sorts of problems. Yeah. Um, was there ever a time it was out of control? You just couldn't deliver? There's been plenty of times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, that, can be a weekly, that can be a weekly thing. 
um, you know, when you promise payments and when, you, when you're trying to grow, I suppose the cash flow becomes the biggest problem. Okay. Um, managing from tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars. And I always used to say to people, I never let the, I never let the zeros bother me. It's just digits on a paper. You've just got to look at $10,000 to someone could be a million dollars to someone else. So that was yeah, one thing that I never, yeah. that's right. So there was a point at which it was all a bit crazy and um, Alex came along. Tell me, Alex, what was it you were doing before joining Incora? I actually had my own business at the time, which Evan just mentioned was Tapworks. It was only a fairly young company. It was only about two years old. Okay. Um, uh, prior to that, I was actually running a plumbing and drainage company, which gave me a lot of insight into systems, processes, the way to lead, I suppose you could call it a team, in the most efficient way. Yeah, it was about two years later from starting my business. I got introduced to Evan and Howard. I was just pricing a bit of work for them and you know, okay. looking at a couple of jobs together and I suppose helping Evan out um, with the overflow from his business. Evan approached me to come on board and, and be a partner within his business. Right, that's quite a leap from supplying some jobs to becoming a partner. Mm. What do you think was the driver from your perspective to take uh, that step? I suppose the, the driver for me was um, I had a really bad run, uh, I suppose you could call in life with injuries and accidents. and so yourself? For, for myself, for yeah. So I fought quite hard there for a couple of years to bring my body back to 100%. Okay. Uh, to, I suppose, give me the opportunity one day to be able to go out and start my own business. Um, we all know that... Um, you know, 80% of the plumbing trade isn't pushing a pen. Um, a lot of it is is hard work and it, yeah. it's, it's hard yakka. I always had in the back of my mind that I knew my body was always gonna be a, a risk long-term. It was, I suppose, a great opportunity for me to grow my business within a business quite quickly. Okay, so yeah. Evan's been working with his dad and his uncle, so he's maybe used to the idea of sharing input and control, but for mm. you, it's now I've got complete control to, oh, hang on, I've got this other dude. How was that transition? Yeah, look, I mean, I suppose the biggest, um, the hardest part about the transition was purely coming into a family business. You know, I'm the new guy, not only with um, the current owners, but also the staff as well. You know, I suppose I had a few challenges. One was being able to gain respect from these guys. Sure. And that had to be done quite quickly. And um, the other was, I suppose, getting good traction within the business as well. And, and traction in terms of sales and new sales business? and yeah. And you know, although it was a challenge, it's something that I'd definitely done before and exceeded at. When you're a solo operator, when you then partner with someone else, they're able to carry bits, and often they will carry your weaknesses, and you carry their yeah. their weaknesses. Um, so, was there a sense of relief, or or this was a bit easier? Um, I wouldn't say easier because of um, you know my drive and passion, and I gotcha. knew where I wanted to be. Yeah, there wasn't a mindset where I was coming to a business where I'd be able to put my feet up. Yeah. So we had goals, we had short-term goals, and we had long-term goals. And um, I think where the business is at today is um, a true testament of our goals, you know, yeah. almost 11 years ago now. Yeah, so. you set them and then you can push forward together. Yeah. When you grow, your clients tend to become different the bigger you get. Was there a process of going from maybe being at someone's house and fixing their toilet compared to uh, dealing with a developer and doing multiple houses? And, and what was that process like? You know, to me, it's all plumbing. 
So it's basically the same concept on a larger scale. I think the biggest challenge was presenting to these guys why we are better than the next person, being able to get our foot in the door. There's a lot of um, seasoned companies who've been around for 20, 30 years that were dealing with some of the clientele that we wanted to get into. Yeah. The blue chip customers have the relationship stitched up. So it was hard for us to break through that. Mm. Yeah. So how did you do that? Time. Yeah. yeah. Keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. Keep bettering ourselves. Um, you know, keep servicing the current clients that we had to then tap into the blue chips. And a lot of it was word of mouth. So we'd do one project for one person, you know, and absolutely wrapped with the way the project turned out. And it was just word of mouth and all of a sudden we're, you know, attracting people left, right and centre. Probably a big thing for us that I can probably say is our core flute signs. Mm. Right. People, we were known for our core flutes. So yeah. we had jobs all over everywhere. Sydney. We'd put core flutes on there and people would be driving past going, oh, I saw your sign. Yeah. yeah. You know, truck sign written, all that sort of stuff. And then the more jobs we had, the more core flutes out there, the more people were talking about us. Mm. So how many staff do you have these days? 60? 65. Yeah, okay. So you're 10 times larger in terms of staff than back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not 10 times the complexity. That's more like 100 times the complexity. <laughs> yes. Like yeah, everybody deals with it. It gets <laughs> really complicated. And two states as well. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you've got distance. Thankfully, yeah. you haven't got time zones. You're in Tassie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell me about the complexity of dealing with staff. Okay, so when people ask me what's your biggest challenge in business, I say it's people. Yeah. So different personalities, different ways you've got to speak to them. We always joke that you've got to be the mum, the dad, the brother, the sister, yeah. the uncle. The, <laughs> Dr. Phil. You know. <laughs> Dr. Phil. Like, you know, and, you know, we say to these young kids, like, we're actually spending more time with these people than, than their own family. Yeah. So it does become an integral part of what we do every day and how we approach and how we have a relationship with our staff. Well, we've had a, a turnover with some staff that couldn't see the vision, that weren't on the bus. Yeah. And, um, you know, the ones that are have, have really come through solid for us. Yeah, we're 100% confident in the team we've got now. Yeah, and there's a sense that if they're not on the bus or they don't fit the bus, so to speak, it's better for them to go somewhere where they do fit and it's better for you. And we've had sure. we've had a lot of guys come back. Mm. A lot of people no, that didn't okay. see the grass the, isn't greener. The, gra- yeah. the old grass isn't greener. Yeah, that's it. So we've had guys go and come and go and come. <laughs> you right. know, and we've been we've been graceful over that period as well with with bringing guys back because we often get asked, "Why have you got him back?" You know, yeah. and usually second time round, usually chance. <laughs> usually second time round, they've been and seen the other side, and that's not had a bad experience. So good. Yeah. Mm. So probably one of the biggest icebreakers for us mentally was a a second year apprentice that we let go. Great plumber, but just wrong attitude. You know, and was rubbing off on a lot of the other guys. So we let him go, and um, you know, he came back to us. It was actually his, his father that called us, saying, you know, look, um, can you guys give him a second chance? put him back on three weeks later. And as of this day, he's our head tradesman. Wow. So he's the guy that if we have issues with other staff, we can rely on him to really push our business model and you know the, the whole first choice. Right, yes. Uh, he almost had to lose it all yeah. to go, oh, hang on. That's it, light bulb moment. Yeah, that's right. I think he was 16, 17 at the time. Okay. And um, yeah, the turnaround we saw was huge. Well, it's wonderful that you'll give people like that a second chance. And, and I think if you're going to grow past yourself, you're going to have to employ someone. And then if you're going to grow past that stage, you've then got to employ a management layer that's going to manage 60 people. Um, what sort of mindset shifts 
have you gone through in the internal, the mental stuff? Personally, I think, and that that is another big challenge when you get to the size we are, is letting go. Um, you know, like you say, with middle management and all that sort of stuff, we're going through some pretty cool structure changes now, empowering your staff, you know, because we we have been ones to manage 65 people, the four of us. Try to. Try to. <laughs> you know, the day-to-day, you know, the phone calls, the personal stuff like we were just talking about, booking work, still dealing with clients, like dealing with money, collecting money paying bills, dealing with supplies, all that sort of stuff. So we've been across that right up until now. So so our next shift is to empower the, the good team that we have below yeah. us to be able to take on that full day-to-day role. Yeah, show them you believe in them. That's right. Empower yes. them to go and do stuff. Yeah. Back them when things go wrong. That's right. Yeah. And let them grow to yeah. replace you, hold the weight for you. That's right. That's yep. I think some of the best medicine for your staff is letting them grow and then letting them fall and seeing how yep. they fall and... And letting them pick themselves back up. You yeah, know. I, I know with our staff, if somebody makes a mistake and they come to us and they're honest, and we go, "You're awesome, thank you." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 are you supposed to be yeah. firing me, sacking me, you know, mm-hmm. doing something bad? Yeah. So you're like, "No, you, you've been honest with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've admitted there's a problem, and we can fix it." Goes a long way. That's gold. I talk to business owners every day about their marketing and the consistent feedback is that they feel lost in the digital marketing world. Usually they've got someone to have a go at some SEO, Google ads or social media, but they often don't know what work is even being done and they can't see any results. This is where our team and I can help with our digital marketing playbook. Over the past 10 years, we've designed a process to help you achieve your business goals by speaking to the right people at the right time with the right message. We analyze your competitors, create the unique voice you should use in the marketplace, map out your customer's path to purchase, and then create expert search, social media, and nurture strategies to attract the right people to your business. This is all underpinned by our belief that the best digital marketing puts people first. If you need help to get your marketing on the straight and narrow, why not drop us a line at theonlineco.net. You can have a quick chat to one of our team to see how we can best support you in growing your business. Four, two couples. April and I work in the business as well, and we often tell people, "Yeah, we run the business together." And they go, "What? <laughs> How do you do that?" We're like, "Well, that's uh, clearly defined roles. She knows what she does, and I do what I do, and that works." But in this case, you got two couples. How do you manage between the four of you and how do you divide up the responsibilities? Yeah, I think it really comes down to each of us knowing what our roles are. So we're always going to cross paths, I suppose. It's the the nature of the beast. But, um, you know, and also having a clear line of communication between us all too. You know, I think that's that's definitely one of of the keys. Yeah, major. Um, Because there's there's really no book for that. You know, there's no no manual. (laughs) So I think we really, within the four of us, have, um, you know, highlighted each other's strengths. Our little group chat is called the Awesome Foursome. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're often texting in the the group chat, catching up. Yeah, it works well. Mm. For me personally, I suppose, working with the wife. You know, one of the biggest challenges for me has been being able to try and leave work at work. So Mm. so being able to come home and and to switch off at some point. You know, there were a few years there, obviously, you know, growing the business where 
it just become out of control and I, you know you weren't letting go when you got home and that would create other personal issues not only with um yeah. with your wife but with your kids and yeah, that too stop talking so about work, yeah <laughs> yeah or just or just being so deep in thought Got that you're you. not hearing not conversations yeah. and yeah so that's definitely been a challenge for me but something i've really you know worked hard to get a hold of yeah, so. you're really hitting, hitting on something that pops up a lot in these conversations alex and it's family and your work-life balance mm-hmm. yeah because i guess it's easy to be successful and you know ignore your kids have nothing to do with them mm. just work hard mm. just 15 16 hours a day don't yeah. have weekends uh, but then you lose your kids, right? And lots of people get that out of balance. How, how do you find that balance? Yeah, just trying to interact, I suppose, a bit more with the kids and, and when I get home. And, you know, it's more about, I suppose, their day than, than my day. Great. I do a lot with, you know, my kids and their sport and, and everything like that. So Evan and Amy, you've obviously had kids along the way. And I believe there's a story, Amy, when you were pregnant with your very first mm-hmm. a business uh, crossroads at that point. Yeah, so I was pregnant with Mia and about to go on maternity leave. Um, and at that point, Evan was just working and working and working. And I was in another job at the time. And Evan couldn't even have a day off. Um, the phone was just nonstop. So I was at that point that I think Evan really realized having a family um, we would need to get help so that's when I met Alex for the first time I was heavily pregnant and then it just went on from there but it was really important that I guess we made that decision because you know having your first child is quite a daunting time Hmm. and then to be running a business and having it all on your shoulders as well yeah Evan just knew that he couldn't do it all yes sir I mean having kids fundamentally changes who you are I think straight away yeah and if you don't go after them they're gonna die Mm. it then often changes your perspective about your career and you start to shift I mean, saying that too, going back to the whole balancing is we've been out of being our kids, school awards, right. carnivals, you know, all that sort of stuff. So having each other, we've been able to go on holidays and, you know, do all the, do all the family okay. stuff to reset. The big benefit. It's only been last year that we went away together. We did a trip to Canada as an end of year goal that we set at the start of the year. Awesome. So we did a trip as two families and we were away for a month from the business and everything ran pretty smooth while we were away. So that was like the first... You know, at 60 staff, that was the first real test for us after 11 years to be away together at the same time. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. It's a real uh, litmus test. My coach once said, you know how your business is going if you can go away for four weeks? Four weeks is the number. Yeah. Come back and the place hasn't burned to the ground. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, Natalie, you've been along this whole journey as well. Mm -hmm. From your perspective, how was it when Alex came into Limcora? It was exciting. Um, obviously, it was a big opportunity at the time and a little bit daunting at the same time because it seemed too good to be true, I guess, um, being asked to come into a successful business already. But I can remember it being exciting and like a big opportunity for us to be successful and move forward in life. What's your role in the business these days? Uh, so at the moment, I'm doing accounts payable and receivables. Right, and you say that very politely and humbly, but I imagine with all the jobs <laughs> running around, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big uh, deal. Yeah. Like cash flow is like the lifeblood of the business. Yeah, yeah. We'll call her the CFO, mate, all right? We'll put it okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> CFO, done. <laughs> very important piece. Uh, so April looks after that for yeah. us as well, and uh, I don't know where it'd be without her making sure 
you know, the money's coming in, people are yeah. getting paid, and it's yeah. all, everything's working. How do you feel you've grown over the years? Oh, I've grown a lot. I used to be a vet nurse, so it's a very different environment. And learning how to work in an office environment and manage people on different levels, it's been a huge learning curve for me. But yeah, I like what I do, so yeah. that's good. Wake up in the morning and happy to go to work? Oh, not every day. When you pull it, pull it apart, I actually do like what I'm doing. Yeah, um, great. But yeah, it is, it, it's very stressful. Yeah, but that's for all of us. We kind of all share the load, even though we have our own job roles. We all share that kind of stress. And I think that's why we're all still thriving because we share the load. Um, It's not just all on one person or one couple. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's so important. I mean, if you imagine the business as being like a big weight, you know, 200 kilo yeah. block, yeah. if you all pick it up together, yeah. it's heavy, but you can handle it. Mm. One person's mm. not holding their end, yeah. so all of a sudden there's, there's And problems. I think that's why we're all still friends and married, because <laughs> yeah. we all share the load yeah. and it's not just on one person. And we can move it forward. Yeah, yeah so, move it forward yeah. together. Yeah. 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 Amy, what's your role in the business? So I look after all the HR at the moment. So I do all the employee contracts, uh, training, payroll, super payments, tax payments, forecasting, like shutdown, leave. Yeah. Projects. Yeah, I do some projects, um, website with all the social media stuff. Tell me, how do you juggle life? I've always been a good multitasker, even as a young kid. I had so much on the go. It's the same to this day. So I think I've been blessed with that ability to be all over stuff. But sometimes it's hard. I used to just take calls all the time, but now I try not to do that. If the kids are in the car, I'm being mindful of, I guess, setting boundaries so the girls aren't constantly exposed to Limcora. There have been times where it's been too much. Like I've pretty much not taken maternity leave throughout the last 11 years. Um, I've worked from home, which has been great, but you know, I haven't really had time. I guess I've had to learn pretty quickly how to use my time wisely. Yeah. (laughs) Um, There's late nights, early mornings to try and fit it all in, but I've just been able to make it work. Natalie, if you were to give women in business, in a family business, some sharing roles with husbands, what would one piece of advice be that you'd give them? I think kind of like what Alex said earlier, um, try not to bring too much of at home, too much of the stress. Create some boundaries. Yeah. 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 You know, if you can avoid talking about issues at work at home, because then that can lead into more issues at home and become, you know, I guess, yeah, just trying to leave what you can in the office. And, and not bring it home to your family. Yeah, that's great. And you kind of need to be intentional about that, don't you? You can't kind yeah. of accidentally leave yeah. it. You've got to say, all right, phone, emails, go away. If you had a, you know, if something's happened in the office that day, it's really hard to not then bring it home and talk about it at home. You've got to work on that. It's hard. Yeah, no, it's definitely a challenge, yeah. um, but well worth the, the effort in terms yeah. of making the switch. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you're finding it helpful, make sure you don't miss an episode by signing up to our emails. You'll get access to bonus content and we'll notify you whenever a new episode goes live. Check the show notes for details or head to theonlinecode.net slash podcast. Evan and Alex, over the years, 
I'm sure there's been some struggles and some challenges. You generally don't get to a place of success without overcoming some obstacles. Can you guys think of a story or a time that would be worth sharing with listeners to encourage them to say, hey, uh, it's not all roses. Uh, the thing you're going through is normal. Yeah, look, there's, there's definitely been some, you know, there's been some some really big highs, but there's been some really big lows. Yeah. And I think that's what running a business is. I it's think a roller probably, coaster. That's right. You know, I think we can both elaborate on this, but probably one of the biggest eye-openers for us was, you know, we had a builder at the time we were working for. He was the, the majority of our business and um, couldn't pay us. Wow. So, and we're not talking a couple of hundred thousand, we're talking a, yeah. a lot of hundred thousand. You're right. So, yeah, um, fantastic. you know, Ev can probably elaborate a bit more on that. Yeah, last year alone, there was, I think, 300 grand we, we were taken by different builders. There was mm. probably four or five. You know, people promising you things and all that sort of stuff and just not delivering, getting you to finish jobs and promise I'm going to pay you, you know. So, obviously, that can create pressure straight away between, you know, who, who has a relationship there. Whose yeah. fault is it? You know, yeah. you want to take blame yourself straight away if it's your guy or whatever. But, you know, I suppose collectively it's, you know, we'll go back to communication. Yeah, we're all in it together. Talking you know, about it together, yeah. putting it out on the table, you know. Solve it together. Mm. Yep, that's it. How do the stress levels go when those sorts of things occur? Are you losing sleep? Are you... Oh, yeah, look, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Mm, yeah. You know, and I think um, I think that's the side that sometimes you'd like your staff to see. You're right. You know, because <laughs> I think it, they seem to see a lot of the good, but they don't really understand the, the back end of it all. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of sleepless nights. You know, there's been a lot of arguments, you know. Um, there's been a lot of, you know, tension. There's been all the things that come with over the years, things that have failed, whether it be builders or whether it be, you know, systems or processes or whatever it is, you know, you, when, when you're growing a business, you're never going to do everything 100% right. No. You know, I mentioned before, you know, this is another thing no one gives you a manual on. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no <laughs> book that you can open up. It says this is how you run, you know, a plumbing business. That's probably been, you know, one of the biggest challenges. But, um, I think what gets you out of it is is never losing sight of the end game. You know, never losing sight yep. of your original goals. And yep. you know, when we talk about builders who have, haven't paid us and everything like that, we're we're definitely a lot wiser. You know, so I try not to forget what I've learned, and then we implement that. 10, 15 years ago, it was a lot easier to to meet a guy face to face, and now you shake his hand and contract was done. The contract was signed. Yeah. But um, that's probably been a, a lot of the changes, you know. Like we put a lot of things in place now to protect us and protect Limcora. What you're saying is if something bad happened, uh, you learned and grew, and that bad thing is now greatly decreased in terms of happening again. Yeah, 100%. You know, we looked at a lot of our systems again, contracts and progress payment schedules. We looked at a whole range of different things within the business to, to protect us. The other thing we've put in the last couple of years is being able to do background checks. Okay. Before we commit to credit, working credit checks, yeah, yeah. credit yeah. checks and that. To before good. we commit to work with a new builder, so there's a lot of tools out there where you can do a oh, lot wow. of digging before you commit. You had any dark days, Evan? Plenty of dark days, mate. <laughs> I suppose with the business growth and all, you know, we talk about plenty of stress and. One of the things that I turned to back in the early days was alcohol. Drinking a lot in the afternoon, that was like my wind down, you know, six or seven beers, I thought it was normal. Um, you know, it took me into a into a very dark place, you know. So my personal growth, I suppose, in the last 10 years has changed my life from where I have come from too. Yeah. 
So a, a health journey. Health journey as well, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. The, the food you eat, drinks you drink, the exercise you do, yeah. your sleep routines, That's all right. these things. Yep. Mm. I mean, it sounds so obvious, right? But if, you're, if your body's working well, you're yeah. going to do good work. Like, well, your mind's working well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your mind actually sits in a body and if you're feeding it bad stuff all the time. Mm. Alex, tell me why business? What's the, what's the why? For some people, it's the thrill of the chase. For other people, it's family. Mm. Um, why? Yeah, look, I think there's a, um, I think there's a, there's a massive stigma in Australian business to always be better. You know, and to always have that goal and to always have that nice house and the nice cars and whatever it is. But to me, that is a bit of a bonus. You know, I actually get a lot out of teaching people. Okay. So I get a lot out of seeing staff grow. You know, there's been so many guys who have started with us as first year apprentices who are now running their own successful businesses. Yeah. You know, whether it's within our business or, you know, out, out, own, out on their yeah. own. That's probably one of the biggest pluses for me. That's a really terrific why. Uh, I think maybe as young people, we want to make a lot of money. And at some point we realize money's not a big enough why. <clears throat> it's like you say, it's maybe it's a, sure. yeah. maybe it's a bonus. Mm. What about you, Evan? Why? Oh, much the same, man. We're, we're very people orientated here in this business. Like um, from the very beginning, and we say this to the guys, we've never taken a dividend out of Limcora to date. Um, we've always reinvested into our people, into plant equipment systems and all that sort of stuff. And I feel that we've got a responsibility to breed the next tradesman, yeah. the next gun plumber. Yeah, 100%. You know, this industry is growing. You know, the skilled trades are becoming less. So I suppose that we've got a bit of a right in our own minds to, to be able to create a bit of a legacy and, you know, keep creating the next gun tradesman. Yeah, that's terrific. Alex and Nat, Evan and Amy, thank you for joining us on the podcast. No Thanks, James. Well, good. Thanks, James. Well, that was the team from Limcora. I really enjoyed catching up with these guys. I love seeing the dynamic and how they all have these complementary strengths uh, that help each other. Tell me, Jess, what did you get from that interview? Wasn't that just a great interview? I think one of the main standouts for me was they're just so humble and so genuine. Yeah, they're the that's sort true. of sort of people I think I'd really like to just to sit down and have a, have a coffee with them sometime and keep asking them more questions, yeah. uh, you know, about business and as we sort of heard, they've covered off sort of all, all areas of the globe in in what they do and and how they still manage to work together and they've set really good boundaries not only with each other but also in their personal lives. The other thing that I took away from the interview was when when Evan spoke about his greatest challenge and he said the greatest challenge in business is people. Yeah, I think he, he hit the nail on the head That's there. I, for sure. I think a lot of business owners would agree with that. That managing people and their their emotions and their personalities, which we're all entitled to have. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, so Evan identifying that you know people are the greatest challenge in business is just really transparent and genuine and, and honest yeah. of him. And they also identified that training and developing people is their greatest thing. It's like mm. the yin and the yang of of growing a business. Coming up next week, an interview that's definitely our most emotional yet. I had a chance to chat with Kirsty Ferugia. She's a professional organiser and one of the hosts of the well-known podcast, The Art of Decluttering. My interview with Kirsty was full of surprises, including quite a few tears. She opened up about how running a business has been one of the toughest things she's ever done, but also one of the most rewarding. And she had some really insightful advice for listeners about how to declutter your business, both mentally and in a practical sense too. You don't want to miss it. 
This episode of Getting to the Heart of Business was brought to you by The Online Co. Produced by Claire Bruce, music by Harry Parnwell. You can find us at theonlineco.net. If this episode was helpful for you and you believe it would be helpful for someone you know, feel free to share it and to subscribe and leave a review.